Hello, greetings and salutations and welcome to this very special episode of the show that likes to ask anyone for seconds. I'm your host, Dave. We are also joined this week by Podcast Cat. Say hello. You're going you're gonna to say... No, that's fine. You just lay there. As you can tell from the title, this is not your ordinary AFS episode. It's not even a Grand Day Out episode. This is something more. This is a special episode. On this episode, we have a look at two titans of children's anime and pit them against each other. Almost like a versus. Dun dun dun. This time, we're having a look at Pokemon the first movie and Digimon the movie. Why are we doing this? Aside from both of the DVDs being on my to-watch pile and a cheap excuse to finally watch them, these two franchises were once in competition with each other, battling to be the top dog. Or monster, as it were. Shall we get on with the duelling? I have personal history with both Pokemon the movie and Digimon the movie. Both of them I actually saw at the cinema back when I was a wee child. So, Pokemon the first movie, I believe I actually saw opening day. I believe I was off ill that day from school. And actually, I'd actually be sort of recovered in the afternoon. And Dad was, I think he was off that day. He turned around to me and said, are you feeling better? And I said, yeah, come on, we're going to go to the cinema. And he actually took me to go see Pokemon the first movie, which is absolutely mental. Digimon the movie, I believe I... As I've said previously, I actually saw that at the cinema as well. I think I see that again as as a child, but I saw that on one of these Saturday morning kids clubs at our local, what was then, Warner Brothers Cinema, which is now View Cinema. Obviously, you'd pay like a pound, 50p, whatever it is for a ticket, and you'd get in, see the film. I ultimately prefer Digimon. However, Pokemon has always had a, f- a fondness for me in my heart because that's kind of the... It was the first one that I was exposed to when I was younger. And obviously, Pokemon Blue is my jam. I had it on the Game Boy. So I have actually got the original release of Pokemon, the first movie, on DVD. Why have you got that one and not the new manga release on Blu-ray? I had it on Blu-ray. I had the steelbook. I had, it was a lovely, fantastic steelbook. It had... Pokemon the movie, Pokemon 2000, and Pokemon the third movie, I think it's called. I had them all in a lovely steel book. As a completionist, I had to have the Pikachu mini-movie that I, I remember and love so dearly. So obviously, I've gone out of my way. Either I spent a lot of time researching online, and I found the original release of Pokemon the first movie with Pikachu's vacation in it. Now, Digimon the movie is actually out of print. I thought I had my copy still. Turns out I didn't. I must have left it before I moved. So I've had to go online. It took me ages to find a copy that wasn't like £50 online and wasn't the original uh, Japanese version. No disrespect to the original Japanese version. I want the version I remember from a child. This cost me a grand total of about £2.89 or something like that off eBay. Yeah, I fought hard for that. And it's in a lovely plastic case. It's not the old version I used to have. The old version I used to have was like one of these kiddie specials with kind of a green handle on it so you could carry it about. It used to have pictures and stuff and pencils you could draw in it and activity packs. But obviously I haven't got that one anymore. So I think to start with, we're going to start with Pokemon, the first movie. This is one that I 
I've seen more recently because obviously, like I've said previously, the manga anime release. Okay, and we're in. Can't remember how this film exactly starts, but I'm sure we're going to find out together. Oh, there's that shiny Nintendo logo. Full Kids Entertainment. God knows if they even still exist anymore. There's a Pikachu. <laughs> oh, Pikachu just has a certain way of just exuding pure joy from me. Pikachu Project 98. This film is not that old, is it? Good Lord. 1999. Oh my God. I'd have been eight when I originally saw this. Good Lord. See, now I think at this point where all the Pokemon are sort of walking into the park, I was probably just in absolute awe that one of these things that I used to watch on the TV, I remember it vividly being on the TV on SMTV Live, I want to say, on ITV on a Saturday morning. Anyway, I was kind of so just freaking out that something I loved from Saturday morning TV was on the big screen, not including uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, which funny enough is actually the first film I ever saw at the cinema. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of my history into films anyway. <laughs> ah, there's just a certain charm and a certain joy to Pokemon that Digimon just doesn't get sometimes. Just the pure joy of the actual monsters and animals, well, pocket monsters I should say, are actually, uh, they manage to exude from them, just the looks they give and stuff. Oh god, I forgot, they used the films and stuff to introduce characters from the new into the new gen so I think Togepi and this was going to feature in gold and silver which I don't think had come out by that point which is a really that's a really clever marketing tactic to be fair when you think about it if you just advertise your film yeah come look at these new Pokemon that are going to be in the brand new Pokemon games It's these small intersections here where it just cuts away to absolute... Well, don't... Magikarp, you feeling okay? It's those small sections there where it kind of breaks up the main action. It's just like, oh, they... The drugs! The drugs! Do you know who I feel really sorry for? It's all the parents that are forced to make watch this because, honestly, if you're a parent who hasn't actually got any idea what the hell a Pokemon is and can barely name any other Pokemon outside of a Pikachu, um, you're not going to have a good time with this. I mean, they just keep repeating their names over and over again. Yeah, they're, they're cutely drawn and stuff. There's not really a whole lot of... Um, there's not really a whole lot of depth to it, is there? I just think my dad sat there in the cinema watching this going, what the fuck is this? That was the other thing about the Pokemon movies that I didn't like, is that it kind of forced in the whole Americanization thing, obviously with 
the American soundtracks and the American songs and things like that. I wasn't quite into that. Totally get why they did it, because obviously American English-speaking children aren't necessarily going to want to hear the Japanese songs. And that's fair enough, I totally get that. But it's kind of aged the film considerably. Considerably. It's so quintessentially late 90s, early 2000s. It's kind of screaming over the top of it. It's, it's, yeah. Things, things do not age well. The thing is with this Pikachu's Vacation mini film episode, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's Pikachu's Vacation anyway. It's kind of throwing at you kind of a traits that children need to have like you need to work together as a team and you shouldn't judge other people just because they're different and things like that that's a good message for kids I'm not quite sure obviously it comes across very well for anyone else kind of watching because obviously they kind of stand there going Pika 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 Pikachu or right 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 it kind of rams it in your face Still, it's kind of cute enough and cuddly enough to kind of, you know, warrant that whole, uh, kind of warrant its existence. And obviously, you know, it's it's not for adults. It It's the primarily fans of the show and primarily the fans of the show are going to be children. So I can't really argue with that, you know? Do you know this bit with the Jigglypuffs here singing their song with the kaleidoscope background just going along going Jiggly? I'm sure I've had nightmares like this. The thing is about this film as well, it's actually really quite nice seeing the old design of all the Pokemon and stuff. So Pikachu, predominantly from what I've seen in pictures and stuff from the newer episodes is actually a lot skinnier and a lot more lean these ones he's kind of more round and more more full i i mean sure he's always cute she's cute whatever pikachu is i mean sure they're always cute but i mean it's kind of nice <laughs> to see pikachu with the nice roundness and fullness and stuff so it's really quite cute anyway that's that's the end of uh Pikachu's Vacation. Uh, it looks like we're about to move on to the main feature itself. Which I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, let me look in here. Doesn't say. That's good. But I think it's called Mewtwo Strikes Back anyway, from what I recall. And the whole thing is Pokemon the first movie. From what I recall the last time watching this, I actually really quite enjoyed it. Um, despite the fact, obviously, uh, you know, the whole fighting is bad, even though um, we've got animals that basically fight each other. Message. But, you know, it's, yeah. We'll see how it goes with the rewatch.
I have to admit, though, this film has left an actual kind of lasting legacy on actual Pokemon, the franchise as a whole, because obviously we've recently had the 3D CGI remake that's recently come out on UK Netflix. Uh, can't remember what it's called. You'll know it when you see it. And obviously, kind of, along with that, it's partially been adapted for Detective Pikachu. I mean, you've got the whole... Without spoiling that film too much, obviously it involves Mewtwo and being the most powerful, strongest Pokemon and, you know, escaping from the lab and things like that. So the fact that this has actually gone down in, you know, the Pokemon franchise canon as one of the strongest things and obviously good enough for it to obviously be remade and obviously influence, you know, Hollywood feature feature films. It's kind of saying something at least, isn't it? I mean, this intro right here with Mewtwo escaping, that's dark as hell. It's dark and brooding and moody. It's really cool. I mean, that seems far too dark for a, a kid's show. You know, this shot right here with kind of panning up from the sea and Mewtwo kind of standing in front of the flames and the fire, that's metal as fuck, man. I love it. That's amazing. That was a magnificent opening to what is essentially a kid's film. That's pretty cool. I, I liked it. Yeah, here we go. Mewtwo strikes back. A terrifically metal opening opener. Ah, yes, overtly American pop. you got to love it. Of the American Pokemon theme, no, no less. Is that a, see, look, it's another Pokemon that wasn't in written blue that no one had seen up to this point. That's a definite real Nintendo... I feel like Nintendo didn't really sell it enough. I mean, they kind of obviously sold the whole... It's their first movie and things like that, but obviously... I don't remember seeing anything anywhere ever about, um, well, maybe I did actually. I don't know, like I say, it has been a few years since obviously, well, nearly 20 years, Oy since obviously all the marketing and things like that came out for this film. Hell, I remember being, you know, the trailer for Pokemon the third movie coming out and having to wait for about... I think it was about an hour and a half, two hours, waiting for it to load on quick time trailers. Oh, man. You, you've not lived until you've waited two hours for about a minute, 30 second video to load of what is essentially a camera panning around the word Pokemon and then Pokemon the third movie to come up right at the end. And then the release date comes on and you go, holy crap, that's out tomorrow. And then you suddenly realise... It's the American release date. Their numbers are the wrong way around. My disappointment was unlimited. <laughs> Just 
a little Pikachu there just kind of poking his head over the top of the crowd. So that, that, that's quite funny, actually. I like that. See, it's little things like that in this film. Although, overall, it is a film for kids. There's kind of moments like that, but uh, they're full of charm. You know? The one thing I did forget about this film is how visually interesting it is. I mean, take this shot here with them standing in the middle of the Great Hall. Lots of tables and obviously the trainers with all their Pokemon around while they follow the Nurse Joy uh, enslaved character. I mean, look at the walls and stuff like that. The, the kind of intricate details, all different colours and textures. And it just looks great, you know? Look at the doors with all the detailing on the doors and, and things like that. It's kind of, there was no need to put that much detail in for what is effectively a kid's film. I kind of applaud them for that, to be honest. It's great. You know, a lot of love and care and attention honestly went into this. It's fantastic. So, I realise I've not actually said anything in a little while, so actually I've been doing some reading. So it actually turns out that Pokemon, the first movie, actually sits at 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, to be honest, I'm not really shocked at. I mean... It's predominantly a kind of kids' film... So obviously it's not going to get critical acclaim. Although having said that, something like Inside Out is absolutely fantastic. But given what this is, we're not looking at Inside Out, as great a film as that is. Pokemon is predominantly a kids franchise that is designed to sell video games, toys, merchandise. All that kind of thing. And for what it's worth, it's not... Bad. I can totally see why people who weren't into Pokemon necessarily may not like this. I don't think, you know, it's it's honestly kind of as bad as what these reviews say. I mean, I'm looking at some of the reviews now. Um, so we've got 76 rotten reviews. We've got 13 fresh reviews. A lot of these seem to be contemporary reviews, though. Let's see if we can find some more reviews from the time. Here we go. Here's one from, from, from Eon Lime. Which says, kids will come away from them with the moral of the story, trust your heart. Adults will just be happy to come away. And then you've got Mr. Uh, Lawrence Terenzil from Mr. Showbiz, which says 70 minutes of irritation. You've then got other stuff like uh, Mark Caro from the Chicago Tribune, who says it's a shameless plug for Pokemon merchandise. You betcha. I mean, 
again, it's not for adults. It is for kids, you know, for kids who like the video games. They're going to go come out of the cinema and they're going to beg their parents to buy all the games, all of the all of the Pikachu toys and things like that. And it serves its purpose, and obviously it does have the very loose moral at the end of it, saying that fighting is wrong, we shouldn't be fighting, no matter how different we are from each other, and things like that. And that's a nice moral, but the problem is, for me at least, the moral kind of get bogged down in the fact that there are essentially little tiny creatures that do effectively fight for their master's amusement, because obviously they get into battles and things like that. That's kind of lost a little bit. Now, I remember reading before, obviously, that the actual Japanese version of this is actually markedly different. So I'm just going to have a look now as to see how it is different. And I'm just wondering, obviously, because of translations and things like that. Uh, here we go. No, not that one. Bear with me. This is going to get cut out. Here we go, this is the bit that people talk about um, the most. It's Ash turning to stone and effectively sacrificing himself for his Pikachu. Now I remember my dad actually taking the piss out of me for this because honestly he was going, did you cry, did you cry? And I was like, no. But however, the amount of kids in the theatre when I saw this was, um, the crying was uh, crazy. seeing Pikachu get upset like that obviously trying to bring back Ash if that doesn't tug on the heartstrings then I don't know what <laughs> um yeah then I, I don't even know what you know it's, it's sad I can totally get why people would absolutely be destroyed, especially if you followed the series up to this point, and obviously you've got the investment in these characters and things like that as well. That is somewhat heartbreaking. However, it's this bit here that I kind of take umbrage with. It's the kind of the tears of the Pokemon revive Ash. That 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 that's silly. Even for a film that is effectively about tiny little monsters and animals beating the snot out of each other, you know, I take umbrage with the fact that their tears brought people back to life. That that's silly. Yeah. Okay, so I was just doing a little bit of reading. 
obviously the Japanese version, rather than having a clear-cut villain, obviously Mewtwo being the whole villain, the Japanese version seems to make him a lot more ambiguous as to whether he is a villain or not. So that might be a bit more of an interesting watch. You know? I think if I can find it, I'm definitely going to give that a watch because I, and obviously, that that would be an interesting watch to see how it differs from this one. Obviously, as well, I was reading that there's a whole intro section about how there's a little girl that uh, dies due to Mewtwo being cloned and things like that. So, again. Definitely going to be worth trying to seek out the, um, the original Japanese dub. And that's the end of Pokemon the first movie. Honestly, it's got charm to it. Considering, like, as I've said previously, obviously there is, you know, it's predominantly made for children. And that's the important thing you have to remember. It's predominantly made for children. It's not for adults. It's obviously, like I say, for the kids who love the TV show, the games. And obviously they're going to come out of the cinema, having seen this, and go, Mummy, Daddy, whoever, I want a Pikachu toy. I want a Mew toy. And let's face it, they would have been everywhere in the stores round about now when this film came out god i remember going into the cinema and the thing going into the cinema when you went to see this was the fact that you know they gave out the three pokemon the three pokemon cards you know they had pokemon the first movie printed in the corner of them i'm sure i've still got them knocking about somewhere if i haven't given them away but it's nowhere near as bad as people say this film. You know, it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of charm. You know, it's not necessarily going to be for the adult Pokemon fan. I mean, for me, personally, I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia and history with this film. And honestly, I didn't hate it. I thought it would have aged badly. But you know what? It actually hasn't. Would I recommend it to people now? Especially now that the remake has come out on Netflix. Yeah, sure. Why Why not? It's inoffensive, you know. It's got a nice moral at it. That fighting is wrong and we've all got to get along with each other. I don't see nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a fantastic thing, you know, to try and promote. That's great. The only thing I don't like about it is that's typical for all Japanese anime from around this era. Is obviously the over... The attempt to over-Americanise it is obviously they're taking out the original uh, Japanese songs and things like that. And they're putting in, obviously, their over-the-top American kind of power ballads. I don't know if you can hear it in the background right now. I'll just crank it up. Have a listen to this, how bad this power ballad is. Obviously, with the power ballads and things like that, you know, it's it, it's a bit much. I mean, I'm looking at the the um the credits now. There's a song on here by Christina Aguilera, 
if that doesn't age the film from that era, then, you know, what else is going to? But overall, like I say, the film is inoffensive. It's great. There's a lot of love and detail and care that has actually gone into it. It's perfect for any fan now. I mean, it's it's you don't have to get bogged down in the, of the canon of the show to actually get it. All right, it's obviously got Mist in Bronx. People may not know who they are, but obviously, like I say, it's its own standalone story that anyone can jump into. Okay, and with Pokemon the first movie out of the way, let's move into our second film of the day, that being Digimon the movie. Let's see how this one plays. Now, bearing in mind, I haven't... I've only recently, once again, got back into Digimon the last few years. I think it was when Digimon Adventure Try was was obviously coming out around those times. I kind of got back into Digimon. I went back and I brought the first series and then I brought the second series. I've then obviously bought this. And I bought a couple of the games on the PS4, which actually, for what they're worth, are actually pretty good and they're worth checking out. So, you know. So, let's press the play button. Oh, what, 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 what is this? This is Angela Anaconda. God, if that doesn't date it, then I don't know what will. Kind of uh, photos of little children being animated like stop motion. So that was so weird. So very strange. Instantly dating this film straight away. Ultra strange. Very strange. Was, it, was Angela Anaconda even that big at the time when this came out? I'm just trying to think. When did this come out? This came out... 2000, 2001. So, Angela Anaconda. God, I... I, I don't even know anymore. I mean, you've got to give it some. You've got to give it some credit because obviously they are released by separate companies. So obviously, Pokemon was a Warner Brothers film, whereas Digimon the movie is a, is a Fox Fox Kids twentieth century Fox, whatever you want to call it. It comes up with Fox Kids on the box anyway. And obviously, you've got to admire them for trying to sell the other, sell it, you know. I'll tell you what, though, that kid has got an awesome Agumon hat. I'd give anything for that Agumon hat. And again, I suppose Pokemon, the first movie, had the um, the Pikachu mini film at the start of it. So I guess it was kind of form and tradition by now to obviously get, um, you know, to have the mini film on the start of the pre-film. So, you know. Ah, yes, of course, the film starts with the infamous Digirat. Now, I had a friend, I'm not going to name him in case he's listening, 
I had a friend who, who tried to do a drinking challenge to the Digi rap every time the word Digi was said. And that was um yeah, not 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 particularly wise for him. Granted he wasn't doing it with alcohol, he was only doing it kinda of with I think he was doing it with Fanta or something like that. But yeah, he, he was quite violently sick either way. I mean, you kind of compare this with the Pokemon movie start. It's it's not a strong start, obviously, with with this Digi-Rap. Although, frankly, it doesn't go on for long. Thank Christ for that. Unlike the Pokemon movie, I've completely forgot, but obviously Digimon the movie has a hell of a context dump. These, like, open... Opening five, ten minutes just kind of just chucks everything at you in the whole entire world to kind of get you involved in the film. It's fine for me because obviously I was a bigger fan of Digimon, the TV series, as opposed to Pokemon. I, I always thought that Digimon had a much more um, interesting concept around it, like the digital world and the real world merging into one. Obviously, the Digimon are more sentient and, and stuff like that. So already straight off the bat, you can kind of see that Digimon the movie, it's nowhere near as kind of detailed as like Pokemon the movie was. Pokemon the movie had a lot more intricate details on, not only on the characters, but on the backgrounds and the worlds and things like that. Whereas you compare it to Digimon, it, they've kind of, it's not as detailed. But obviously the digital cyber stuff has got a lot more detailing on it. I mean, the backgrounds, are, they're quite bare and stark in contrast with, obviously, the Pokemon movie as well. And that, honestly, that doesn't honestly annoy me or bother me. But it's just obviously when you leap between the two films, say you're going to introduce a Pokemon fan to Digimon. I mean, they're going to instantly see straight away that there is a definite difference. Do you know, the, the other difference between the Pokemon movie and the Digimon movie is that actually the Digimon movie was an edit of three separate Digimon movies from Japan. So obviously they've done three films or what have you, and then they edited them all for the American market. So obviously they've kind of got three films in one. Obviously you've got the first film where... Obviously, kind of explains the background of the Digimon, how, you know, probably the basis for the whole concept of the thing. And then, obviously, you've got the second film being the war on the internet, which is my personal favourite section of this whole entire film. And then you've got the final section, which is kind of linked in with, I think it's the second series, they introduce a new... The new characters and the new Digimon and stuff like that. It's, it's great. You know, which is fine. So in that way, it's completely different 
from the Pokemon movie, because obviously the Pokemon movie was written as a standalone film for the intention of it being a film. Whereas this Americanized Digimon movie is effectively three films edited and squished into one sizable chunk. Also, as well, like the Pokemon movie, obviously where they've edited it, for an American audience, they've uh, obviously had to chuck in... Uh, it sounds like ska-punk, punk, kind of pop-punk music, as opposed to Pokemon's kind of powered ballady kind of things. It's like they knew that Digimon was going to be a little bit more niche, so obviously they kind of aimed for that ni more niche audience. And I honestly think that where Pokemon has the more universal appeal to both boys and girls, Digimon was going to kind of appeal more to younger boys, shall we say. That's not to say that girls didn't like Digimon. I, I've just personally... I mean, because they do. Trust me. So, yeah, it is possible for it to obviously transcend gender, but I suppose... This is, like I say, this is more of a niche one because obviously it's the whole digital world and there's a lot more going on with it. It's not a more universal appeal like Pokemon is. Obviously the guy, the boy or girl going out to try and catch them all and stuff. It's a much simpler concept that people can kind of tap into. And then you've got this scene here. So the Digimon is on the internet. And is obviously eating all the data off the internet and things like that. It just seems like the stakes were higher. You know, and obviously later on in this section of the film, the Digimon somehow manages to fire missiles into the sky, obviously into the real world. It just seems like the stakes are higher. And for me, that's a lot more relatable as opposed to going off to a distant world and catching off catching hundreds of different little, you know, multicoloured monsters or whatever. That's not to say that I don't like it, because I do. Don't get me wrong, I do like Pokemon. Okay, so I've just done a little bit of research now. So I've just gone on Rotten Tomatoes. So Digimon the movie is actually rated higher than Pokemon the first movie. So Digimon the movie at the moment is currently sitting at 24% rotten. Again, I'm not entirely surprised by it, because again, it's not made for, you know, it's not made for the critics and stuff. It's, it's made for kids that are going to go out and they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to buy the games, buy the toys, buy buy the merchandise. Because at this point, you could get Digimon merchandise everywhere. Because it was kind of the thing that was said to beat Pokemon. But obviously Pokemon being the massive behemoth that it is, kind of, you know, went noop. So, selection of reviews, let's have a look on Rotten Tomatoes. So we've got... Ba -ba 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 -bum. Here we go. So we've got Robert Kohler from Variety saying that the animation work is generally far below the standard tolerable for the big screen. It's fair, like I've already said earlier. 
the animation in this one isn't as great as Pokemon. Uh, we've then got... Bruce Fetz from uh, Entertainment Weekly. With its migraine-inducing laser showdowns and puerile gags, Digimon always makes you nostalgic. Digimon always makes you nostalgic for the relative sophistication of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the score of a D. Again, that's that that's fair. That a lot of this is fighting, and obviously, yeah, there are toilet jokes for lack of a better word. You know, again, it's it's made for kids. What are kids like? Poop. You know. And then just to give you a more positive review, so we've got Michael Rex Schaffen from The Hollywood Reporter who says, overall, it's a pleasantly bearable experience. So, yeah. See, now, the difference between the Pokemon movie and the Digimon movie is apparent right here, where obviously uh, our two main characters kind of go through their computer screens into the digital world. Well, not even the digital world, they go into the internet. Where it's kind of the tears that bring back Ash in the Pokemon movie, and it's not really explained. This one kind of overrides that with narration just saying, well, we don't really know how it happened. And I give it plaudits for that. Because rather than trying to explain something really quite stupid and quite silly, they've just taken the approach of, no, we don't really know how it happened. And thus explaining away kind of the, the small, very small plot hole that there is, you know? That's my pretty much my criticism of Digimon right there in this section here. Is obviously when you Pokemon Dig uh, when you Pokemon evolve, they kind of stay evolved. Obviously Digimon, they can either armor Digivolve, they can just Digivolve normally or whatever. But obviously every single time you get the same animation and it's kind of you know it feels like it takes up more time than it should, especially when they're going backwards and then forwards or. You know, it just feels like it takes up a lot of time. Maybe about a quarter of the running time of this film is probably just, just Digimon Digivolving, Armour Digivolving or what have you.
So the thing with Digimon as well as, you know, compared with Pokemon as well is that Digimon is more about a universal theme of friendship as opposed to Pokemon has that, but Digimon is more focused on obviously the group as a as a core. And obviously, oh good lord, I completely forgot the Smash Mouth was in this. Sorry, forgive me for a moment. Anyway, as I was saying, although Pokemon has actually got, you know, it's about friendship and things like that. Uh, Digimon, it's at its core. You know, it's the story about a group of friends coming to terms with, obviously, being the Digidestined and things like that, you know? And with that, it looks like we are out of the Digimon movie. So, I mean, I quite enjoyed that. There are certain places in it where... You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But again, the film kind of explains that away, saying, we don't really know what happened here, but, you know, have a thing. It just happens. Which is kind of nice in a way, because then you don't have too many, you know, people asking questions. It's not as bad as people made out. I mean, yeah, I fairly enjoyed that. So join us in a moment where I'm going to give you a real sort of considered view of both the films. The grueling battle ended with the victory of... Well, I'm not actually sure. They're both pretty evenly matched. We have cutesy characters, battles of varying proportions, strange American soundtrack additions, and released within a year or two of each other. While Pokemon does indeed have the stronger visual style... I feel like Digimon has the stronger narrative. Where Digimon's art is inferior, Pokemon has the added bonus of it being solely written as a single feature film, not three pre-existing films edited into one smaller package. Honestly, it's a tough call. Pokemon does have some real gut-punch moments that Digimon just simply doesn't have. If you're honestly not affected by the fight in Pikachu's and Ash sacrificing himself, then I don't know what to say. As much as it pains me to say it, I honestly think that the Digimon movie is slightly better, even with its somewhat ropey visuals. I think, for me anyway, the narrative is a little bit stronger, and it doesn't feel as much as a marketing exercise like Pokemon the first movie does. I'm sorry, but it's true. Pokemon kind of feels like the narrative is an afterthought to get everyone into one place. Now I've written it, I honestly don't know. It... It's tough. I mean, as a kid, I was more attached to the characters, well, the human ones anyway, in Digimon, as they gelled as a group more, whereas I thought Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, he was a whiny little brat. I'm sorry if you don't agree, but it's the truth. Even though it seems somewhat biased, I just have more fun with Digimon. That's it. I'm calling it. Digimon wins by technical timeout. Fatality. Thanks for listening. That was a lot of fun, and I honestly hope it shows. Agree? Disagree with the outcome? Never want me to do a Versus episode again? Let me know. We were on Twitter as at Anyone Podcast, and on Facebook as the same as Anyone for Seconds Podcast. Thanks once again for listening. Stay safe. You got this.